0: welcome to 30 minute moment podcast with Evelyn and Lakita. This yes. is Laquita.
1: This is Lakita, And I'm Evelyn. All right. And I'm Evelyn. Yes. So <laughs> do you want to start us off? I think you should. Well, Go I ahead us and tell
0: us, tell us about the COVID corner.
1: Okay. So, you know, it's, Always you're hearing things about COVID. I know one thing that's been pushing a lot these days is talking about vaccines, is vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Um, we've heard about the Johnson Johnson vaccine taking a pause. Um, and we've also heard about, you know, um people in different communities um setting up times where you can actually get mass um vaccines. Um, I know one place that we have here is the Columbus Civic Center. Um, I think in Phoenix City, you guys have like the health department that does them. They have a mass
0: location as well. Right.
1: Yes. So um, it's many places that have been um, having mass Mass vaccines. But the thing we wanted to talk about that was very interesting um, was Marshawn Lynch and his uh, interview with Dr. Fauci. And I thoroughly, um, I thoroughly, in, in Enjoy just um looking at the interaction between them. As you know, Dr. Fauci is Dr. Fauci, and Monshawn Lynch is the person who is just here so he won't get fined or whatever. So it was good to hear him talk about um, you know, something that's very important these days, and that is um vaccines and why why should people in the African-American and brown, you know, the black and brown um, communities get it? Um, He posed a lot of good questions. And um, some of the questions were surrounding um, what makes uh, getting the vaccine different in African-Americans than it does, you know, with our white counterparts. Um, Another question that he had was um, and the thing that that I think is very important when you're thinking about these uh, with the government and how they're providing things to different communities. Uh, one thing that stood out to me was his question about if the government can set up for uh, people to get all of these mass vaccinations, then why can't they make other things avail- this easy and available for um. For other things like you know making because uh, you know we have things like food deserts and everything. Um, so if it's so easy to do the um, if it's so easy to do the the vaccines, then why isn't it easier for these other things to be placed into the community so that we can be healthier? Mm-hmm. Is it, What are your is thoughts? It,
0: is it because America doesn't want people to be healthier? Or is it because America wants um, a select, select individuals? You know, because it's all, you know, the theory that's going around population control. You know, how is it? You know, it's a good thing. How? Why is it that um, most of your fast food restaurant offers or deals are, you know, the burgers, the hot dogs uh-huh. versus salads have you ever seen a salad coupon or a salad deal mm. at a <laughs> no. fast food no i always see the chicken nuggets the french fries the hamburgers
1: but and you never fo-fo-fo. see
0: four for four but there's no four for four side salads or you know or fruit there's never a deal on these apps these fast food apps that's catered towards us living healthy so why is it I think it's money. Capitalism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But yeah, but yeah. that that was that was a um that was a really good. And if you haven't seen it, I would say really check it out. Cause like I said the interaction between them were, was golden. Um and just to see them kind of just interacting with each other I, I really enjoyed it because it's important it's important and even um Marshawn Lynch said that just listening to Dr. Fauci um talk about it he said he wasn't going to endorse it either way but just hearing um just getting some more information and being more informed was worthwhile so definitely wow. enjoyed that hmm
0: this neck, Queen Cole. I like her. I like her
1: response. Oh yes, <laughs> they, they charge do charge, charge she- the most for lettuce. They do.
0: Yep. And, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <Well, laughs>
0: okay. Um, so moving along,
1: you know, the whole thing, This is America. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a poem, right. That's a song, you know, with um Childish Gambia, This is America. Tell us
0: now. tell us about what's what's this is America. You know, we all have been um in tune with upcoming and different types of events that's been going on. So much has been going on in mm-hmm. our world and our surroundings. So yeah, we're just talking, um touching on it, um, about some of the events that's been going on. Emily, you want to get us started? Well.
1: Before we get into some of the events, I know one of the biggest things, you know, that we're talk- that has been going on in in um the com- well in in the world or in America is a lot of violence and a lot of violence surrounding gun violence. Um or even the violence that we have seen with a lot of um different um what's it called? A lot of different police Um, I wouldn't even necessarily call it police brutality, but um, just police and um, deaths that have occurred as a result of interactions with the police. Um, One thing I want to highlight that I think, uh, I don't know if people actually um, pay so much attention to is um, something that's caused like vicarious trauma. And what vicarious trauma is, is the negative impact on people who frequently witness and empathically engage in um, with victims of traumatic incidents. And a lot of the traumatic incidents that we have been witnessing have been through um, looking at um, viral videos. And what those viral videos are doing is causing um, causing PTSD-like um, trauma symptoms in the people who watch them. Um, I know for a while after seeing Sandra Bland, I was scared. Like, I would be driving in the car, and if I would see a police officer come up behind me, then it would, it. I felt like if they stop me, will I make it home? And also like another incident that happened was just, um, I went on a date with somebody and I promise you what happened to us, but not to the extent of was like the, the, the opening scene in, um, queen and slim. And that was scary to me. Because I had just seen that movie and I was like, oh, my God, is this happening for real (laughs) in real life? And, you know, you get scared. You get you wonder um, if you're going to make it home. So. And vicarious trauma is something that is usually associated with uh, people who work in the health and professionals. It could be police officers. It can be counselors. It can also be like first responders. Um, They begin to, to experience some of the, a lot of the same things that the people who they're helping um, are going through. And, um, and it it begins to have a wearing of, effect on you long term um and everything and just like um patrick um has put in here it's it's called second it's also secondary traumatic um stress so yeah so what are your some of your thoughts on the back you know
0: so it's almost like um hurt people hurt people sort of sound like that's what it that's what it sounds like because those people um victims um people of color especially you know had so many traumatic events but also like you mentioned um the social workers the nurses the police officers the coroners those have encountered um other types of trauma as well so it's almost i would put it in with the hurt people hurt people where, you know, those who are not getting help end up carrying those aggressions and those stressors into their their work field.
1: Mm-hmm. And and it makes you it makes you kind of hyper vigilant with certain things because like you said, um you've experienced things or you've seen it happen to so many people that you almost, you know, you, you start to feel that it can happen to you too. Um, and it, it brings us to our, um, our next topic, um, with the, the Derek Chauvin trial, which has for me, I can say for me, it has been. It was annoying when I would always hear people (laughs) say the the George Floyd trial. He's not on trial. He was not on trial. So it was the Derek Chauvin trial, um, and you know, just looking at some of that stuff and um, how you know, seeing that situation, it made it kind of wears down on you because I after um after that trial first started, the thing that I start seeing a lot posted was, I'm so tired of this. Like some people were saying, oh, it's just going to be not guilty because that's what has happened in the, in the past. And, and I've even seen people post things and saying that, well, I'm, I'm just tired. Um, and that comes from that, that vicarious trauma, you know, just experiencing the same thing over and over and over uh, and and being empathetic to the people that are actually experiencing it and to the point where it kind of just you know weighs you down so yeah and you
0: know um I think too um like you mentioned um a, a lot of emotions and stuff was going on and you know you know this this case um mr um Darius' case was is totally different than a lot of cases that's being out there because, again, the world saw this. This was like live. This was like replay. This was like real time feed, real time video that was going on. So, you know, I would always um, feel like his case is totally separate from a lot of cases that are out here, um, mm-hmm. which was it was totally different. It was a world shock shocker type case Mm -hmm.
1: and i i think but i think the only difference is um kind of the verdict or whatever because his case was i don't see it as being as different as the ones that came before him a lot of cases were um you know filmed a lot of you know these things were filmed or whatever and um the difference between those and his were that there was a guilty verdict um, and a, a very a guilty on all three charges on all three charges. And that hadn't happened. You know, for me, just I know that there might have been more. But this all started for me and being and paying attention to this started with the um, the Zimmerman um, trial. Um, that wasn't wasn't um recorded but you know there was video you could hear screaming you could hear all those things and like even that caused some trauma but the question that we have is um the Derek Chauvin trial verdict you know is guilty and what does that mean moving forward one of the things that came um as a result of this trial or even before this trial um Is uh, you know, people actually putting policies into place, so the no chokehold um policy that was put into place, um, is something that came as a result of this, and even like, um, and if you guys know more than what I know, as far as like, um, with the Breonna Taylor, with um, them making it so that people couldn't necessarily do those no off, no knock, um orders or whatever, that is like real change. Um it's unfortunate that the change has to happen after a life is lost, but you know, it's it's still a it I don't wanna say it's a good thing because it, it shouldn't have to come to that. But um it's a positive for lack of better word or terms. Um that you know, actual policies are put into place and people are actually starting to pay attention to the way these things are done and and how um, people are, you know, kind of, you know, people are dying um, due to some of these things.
0: So I do... um... I do feel like this is something that was different, his case, because um, two, moving forward, again, like you mentioned, things have changed. His his case was the only one that we saw nationally, someone dying, slow death. You know, um, all the other ones that have um, come before George, we didn't see them. Those were behind closed doors. We only saw small footage of the before. Going into the door, knocking the door down But we didn't see that slow death. So mm-hmm. that's why I say We didn't see um Brianna being placed On a gurney and taken out But we saw George Floyd Dying slowly on the ground mm-hmm. And then being put on the gurney So this is a different case Out of the mm-hmm. all the other ones And I think this is the one that Opened the eyes of many You know yeah. many who, who Say that um. They couldn't even really say that this was a race, you know, um, Mm -hmm. those who were racist couldn't say anything, but they couldn't say nothing. A lot of people was like, wow, oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. I cannot Mm -hmm. believe this really actually happened. So that's why I said this case was different. It was an eye opener, Mm -hmm. um, with moving forward in the justice system. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately sacrifices and things had to be made and unfortunate deaths had to come about from this, which is very unfortunate. But um hopefully, you know, moving forward, there's some, like you mentioned, some policies put in place that can help others in situations like like those.
1: Yeah. OK, so moving on to our next topic, um, one of the things that we have been seeing in the media um, lately, too, is been these um, different traffic stops. And one of the traffic stops, um, the most recent one um, was the Dwayne White. Right. Sorry. Is it Dante 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 it's Dante? Yes. I apologize. But uh, yes. Yeah, so it was his traffic stop. Or whatever, um, and you know we had a uh, a cop, um, Kim Porter, who um, was assisting with the the traffic stop. Uh, you see the video where he gets out of the car. They put the cuffs on him. He snatches away from them, trying to get away, and he is fatally shot. Um, and the biggest um, thing with that is. A handgun versus a a um versus a a um what's the thing called um what is the thing called taser yeah the taser thank you help me out um but Mm -hmm. I don't want to focus so much on that because we are not judging jury but the thing that I do want to focus on is just the difference between um that. That traffic stop and another traffic stop that I happened to see on Facebook was it was a white male. So the white male um, who was approached by uh, two officers and their um, police dog, um, the male was he was asked to get out of the car several times. Um, and he straight up told the police officer, I'm not getting out of this car. If you're not going to detain me, I'm going to close my door and I'm going to drive off. And he did just that. There was no, um, nobody drew their firearm. They actually sat there and pleaded with him for a couple of minutes, um, before he drove off from them. So I just, we, I wanted to, um, kind of just highlight um the difference um between it um and like I what are some of your feelings when you get pulled over how do you feel
0: well I haven't gotten pulled over recently so I, I can't relate to that, but Mm -hmm. I do, um, assume that, um, it can be terrifying. It can be unsettling. Um, however, you know, I think we, I think there should be more looked into how officers, um, go out onto scenes or go out into, um, the field perhaps, Mm -hmm. uh, to help help better un- understand how to approach certain mm-hmm. situations how to respond um, mm-hmm. but not only that i do feel if we look back and um throughout resumes and careers um for many of these law enforcement a lot of them are military and i and i would like to see um more uh, intensive screenings done where you know most of them do have PTSD where they can get help for that and then continue on servicing the community. I think that's a that's a deficiency in our community. Um intensive, you know, aggressive st- screening for those who serve
1: mm-hmm. our country. Yeah, and we have um a comment and um we have Patrick Justin who said that that <laughs> he is um it's nerve-wracking and I can imagine so it is nerve-wracking and then um also we have this um this comment as well and it says as a female I haven't encountered too many bad situations but I'm constantly scared um for my brothers um and I can honestly say that I kind of have like the same sentiments. Like I said, with uh, me having, um, I don't get pulled over um, off. Well, I don't get pulled over, but anytime I do pass a a cop car, sometimes I am kind of, you know, nervous about it and everything. So, yeah.
0: That goes along too, with some of that secondary trauma that you mentioned that, you know, us watching others getting pulled over and things happen to them. Mm-hmm. It sort of triggers us, you know, as a yeah. normal day or regular citizens in the
1: community. Mm-hmm. So that is it, understanding. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. Um, and we have this comment, too, that you have some powers who have a, a power trip. And I wonder, it makes me wonder, too. Like, are they really having a power trip or are they are do they experience very vicarious trauma because they're always um hearing the stories from the other side? Because there are videos available too that show police officers seriously getting hurt at what could be a, a routine traffic stop, but then it, you know, turns to something else. So I can understand um how they could also be on high alert and feeling, you know, a certain way with um with being out there too. Like in no way am I saying that, you know, police officers aren't human because they are. They they're human too. They got families that they want to go home to. They um have kids, they have wife, they had, they got a dog. I mean, they got somebody who loves them. Or whatever, so they want to be able to go home and be um, safe themselves, or uh, whatever. So it just makes you wonder, you know, you know, what can be done. Um, another traffic stop thing that I want to highlight too is the soldier that was maced. At a traffic stop, you have a a, a a lieutenant that was um pulled over and had his hands out the window, was telling um the police officer he did not want to like they were t- they were telling him so many um commands at one time. I would have been confused, too, because they were like, put your hands out of the window, then take off your seatbelt, sir. And he's like, you just told me put my hands out the window and then you want me to take my seatbelt off, too. I don't want to reach down here. Or whatever, and um, like it's just crazy. Oh, and I forgot to say the other the guy in the other example, the the white male, he actually had a gun in the car, (laughs) um, and he was fine. But like with that that soldier, it just makes you wonder too. Like he's you know telling you, hey, I'm just trying to, you know, travel from this place to this place, and then you know, being Mason, I believe he was also tased too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I know you had um a topic uh on a female cop that um got some repercussions or um from helping at a traffic stop.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think this was in 06 where she was fired, but now um she was held back for her benefits um from a similar situation. Um choke hold. she went and Um, assisted her co-worker her colleague Mm -hmm. who had a client who was handcuffed in a choco and she was Mm -hmm. fired um so and now she has gained those benefits as of today you know Uh and so that that goes back to um to the theme of how are police officers um being educated Mm -hmm. on on um the type of um, um, a type of risks mm-hmm. they're going out in the field, doing how much training are they getting in that, in that mm-hmm. um, area? A lot of, a lot of um, things are important, I believe. And like, again, I go back to, are these individuals being assessed? And I really think that being assessed for mental health is very important before yes, becoming a police officer. Mm-hmm. Is is that something that's set in place? Not to my knowledge, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is being um set up. But I believe that would be a great start to have each officer that's coming in to apply to be assessed mm-hmm. and assessed. I believe quarterly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, because like you, like we said in and the which has been like the the biggest thing that we have been highlighting through this whole. This whole talk, though, is you know just discussing um, vicarious trauma and what that can do and how that can have a negative impact on the people who are frequently witnessing these things um, and do have empathy for it. So you do have to. It would be good to have that assessment so that you can make sure the person is okay because you could have. You can with all the stuff that they see, I can imagine that they probably do have PTSD or have acute dis- um, stress disorder or any, or any of those, um, you know, trauma related diagnosis. So um, you want to make sure that they are getting the help that they need so that they can continue to do the best job and be the best um, in what they're trying to be. Um, another thing that I wanted to highlight and it I feel like I lost it or whatever. Um I did. If it's important, it'll pop back up. <laughs> but like, you know, we we've said a lot of stuff that um related to this um with vicarious trauma and then just looking at how things are happening um now. Oh, that's what I wanted to say. I know um one thing that um Columbus in Columbus, Georgia, what they have uh, when you're thinking about you know, police officers going out to these different um, stops. I know sometimes when it comes to traffic stops, you can't necessarily gauge and see if the person does have any mental health or any types of, of other things going on. But what um, Columbus does have is they have CIT officers and those officers are trained in de-escalation um, techniques and um, are equipped with the knowledge and the training. Training to be able to um, assess and engage with people um, that you know may be looked at as somebody that is having like a mental breakdown or just um, maybe a little bit irate. So I think and help the people. What what helping them? what's CIT? Let's oh, help girl, the people. Don't make me lie Don't make me lie don't Um, me. I know it's crisis intervention training. I believe. If I'm not right all the police officers out there that have this training, you can come in our comments and let us know. But I think that's what it is. Crisis intervention training. Um, so they can so, go out
0: and tell if, if it's not in their community, they can actually advocate for it. You know, cause we have viewers all over. So definitely if it's mm-hmm. not in your community looking, you know, they can look into Columbus, Georgia as some other cities and states out there that have different types of specialized officer trainings. Um, That you can advocate to bring to your your city, your state.
1: Yeah, and then you know, also it's an international program to be honest, or whatever. And it's not just for officers. What they do, um, and it does mean crisis intervention intervention team, or whatever. But. Um, it doesn't it's not just for um, police officers. It, it's also for mental health professionals. If you whether you work in a doctor's office or whether you're a counselor or whether you work in the ER or something, you can get this training to be able to help and um, be in situations where things can be de-escalated. Um, and speaking of the escalation we do want to touch on the micaiah bryant situation but um this conversation is not surrounding whether the officer was right in his way of um responding um the way he did and it's not even necessarily on her as well um it's more so Um, on the bigger picture. And just to give a background, even though I know everybody probably, or a lot of people probably know about it, but um, Makaya Bryant is a 16-year-old female that was fatally shot um, after a police officer got on the um, scene um, for receiving a call of somebody getting jumped. So when he came onto the scene, he saw a African-American female um, lunging at people with a knife, um, and you can look on Facebook if you want to see the the uh, or not um, see the footage of it. Um, but one of the things which made it um, so popular, or is the fact that it did just come after the guilty verdict of George Floyd, um, and it it's a it's early in just the discussion of it but um because there all of the the surrounding factors have not been there we only have that that footage um and everything but we do want to have a conversation about what's the bigger what's the big picture um in that situation and like we've been talking about um this whole time is looking at, you know, the vicarious trauma, also looking at the way that officers um, come onto the scene when they do get called out and due to the different things that have happened um, moving forward with situations like this. And then also with the traffic stop that we've been talking about, does is that a call for change in the way that officers um, come on the scene? So what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, it does. It has um, some reevaluation that needs to be um, assessed to figure out um, appropriate measures. I believe to see um, if it's appropriate and if it's not, let's enhance it. And um, if there's something else, um, another way or another approach that could be taken, um you know let's take a look at it i think uh you know in the law enforcement policies have been um so set in stone there have been a few changes but um very rarely do you see a lot of policy changing um in regards to how uh, officers re- respond or go out to the scene um but that's case by case of course and then it's based upon um situation and events that takes place and um, as we mentioned earlier, you know, as situation and events takes place, that causes for change and some type of reform. So mm-hmm. definitely, I think it needs to be um, looking into um, how and if it is appropriate. If there's something else that could be done um, in addition to what the officers already done. you know, we we do we need our officers, and, and like I said, we we'll give salute to our officers. They do have a hard task. Like you mentioned before, they go out on their job not knowing if they're going to go home to their family. You know, mm-hmm. and that can be hard and that can be stressful, especially mm-hmm. again, like you said, with all the different stressors, secondary trauma that goes along with all of that. And that's why I'm I've been looking into it and definitely I feel like it should be advocated more where officers are um, assessed quarterly because Mm -hmm. they see so much. Think about all the deaths that they see. Mm -hmm. Think about uh, all the attempts that they could have been shot or killed. Mm -hmm. Think about that. We don't know. We don't see all of that. So think about all of those traumas and think about what they have heard or their other coworkers who have told them, told them stories of what they've seen on the news. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I believe... Um, it's, it's, it's real. It's real. And we haven't, we haven't seen half of what they've seen. Um, so, you know, I really do advocate and I hope it's pushed even more where officers are actually screened and assessed quarterly, which is needed. Just like the community needed to be assessed, um, to ensure their mental health is up to par. It's the same, I believe, with
1: officers and whoever else is out there serving the community, mhm, and we have um this comment that said they d- should definitely be trained differently. It happens too often um and then also uh, we have i think the training needs to be improved, but overall, I think the training is good it would just need it was just an unfortunate um incident, and I think. When you are, um, like you said, when you're looking at this thing, one thing that we talked about earlier is, uh, or one thing that I want to highlight is that um, in all of the, especially in that video, in that video, there was a lot going on. um, And so much going on that you can't, you couldn't possibly see what the full picture was um, at that time. Um, and like I said, it's, it's, it's um, early and, um, and I'm sure they'll do some type of investigation um, on that incident. But overall, like we've been saying, is that there I feel like with um, the Derek Chauvin case and like you said, with um, George Floyd, um, how his death led to an international protest. Um, not just a national one, but a international protest, protests, a, a international wake up on looking at doing things a little bit differently or whatever. Unfortunately, we don't live in a world where everybody follows the law. We don't live in a world where every cop has the best intentions um, and actually goes out to protect and serve. Um, and that's just unfortunately what the world we live we live in. Um, if anything, I can say from that incident, I hate that a sixteen year old girl, sixteen year old girl's life was lost. Um, at the end of the day, no matter whether she had the knife or not, her life is over. Um, it could have been a different way that her life was over if she had injured somebody else. But else, at the end of the day. A life is still um, lost and we have to be sensitive to that. We have to be empathetic to that. And we also have to be mindful of um, that, that nobody wins in this situation. There's, there's, there's not a win in this situation, it's unfortunate
0: altogether. Yeah, I agree. There's no win in this situation. If we if we were to pull out the panel and look at it on both sides, we can all all pick. Uh, um, this could have been done better, or this could shouldn't this person should not have done this. So overall, this is this should not have. This is not a win-win for no no sides for her or the officer. Unfortunately. Mhm.
1: Mhm. And we have this comment: My mother is a retired cop. They have access to counseling and training. Um, and it's good that they do have that. Mhm. And it should probably be and and not just because of the incidents that have happened, but like you've you've highlighted a lot during this talk, they are experiencing very vicarious trauma as well so for their own self-care and for their own mental health it's imperative that they make sure that they are well because it you know to see a colleague you know die at the hands of somebody else it has to do something to you you can't go to work every day like i can be by unbiased it has to do something to you um mm-hmm. and just like you know other people in the community and I, I I really do those people who are are sitting there and watching these viral videos over and over and watching um people lose their lives to whatever whether it be to uh, by a police officer or whether it be to something else I advise you also first to take a break from that. And then also I'm not asking you to turn a blind eye to it, but I'm saying to take a, a a break from it and assess things and 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 really, you know, make sure that you are taking care of your mental health as well. Because it is real. The trauma is real, even though you're not experiencing it, you know exposing yourself to uh, to it over and over can definitely you know start to to do some things to you
0: i agree i definitely agree everything that you just mentioned um definitely self-care um because like it like like evelyn has mentioned you watching it over and over again it's going to do something to you you may hear a cat outside and you grab your gun and it may just be the moment you know Because you just just saw an incident or a situation that occurred up north where someone just broke into somebody's home because of something, you know. Because those are just that's just an example, but definitely, definitely, like you said, push away from and get some self care yourself, and um, so you don't carry on hurt, hurt, hurt trauma, Mm -hmm. trauma, trauma. Yep. And
1: and this is America. Mhm. Yes, I think this was a great discussion. Um we hope that you guys will join join us, you know, next time we have discussion. Hopefully we can talk about something a little bit happier <laughs> or whatever than than this right here cuz it does happen a lot. But we just appreciate you guys coming in and talking with us and listen to us talk to each other and everything. Um so I guess we can just end right there, right? right okay you have been listening to 30 minute moment podcast with evelyn and lakita bye-bye bye you are tuning in to 30 minute moment podcast with evelyn and lakita This podcast was created to educate, empower, and have open dialogue on current issues surrounding everyday life, mental health, and relationships. This week, we are discussing the Derek Chauvin trial verdict, various incidents related to police response to 911 calls, and vicarious trauma that has been experienced within our country. Sit back and relax. We have an awesome show waiting just for you.
0: Thanks for listening to 30-Minute Moment Podcast with Evelyn and Lakita. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can contact us by emailing 30MMTS at 30 dot kcom or find our Facebook page 30-Minute Moment Podcast or typing in at 30 minmome T-S-W-E-N-K. Remember to like and follow our page and join our group. We encourage you to invite others and to do the same. Until next time.